I assure you that I am more than qualified to instruct you. When it comes to mathematics and the sciences, I'm sure you'll find my lessons challenging. That is not the cadence or anything that I wanted. Hello. <laughs> Why, hello there. Thank you for joining. No. Hello. Thank you for joining us on the Janeway, the Voyager podcast where my cheese-infected co-host, Suzanne Williamson and I, Liam Smart, look at Voyager episodes to work out whether our favourite captain has approached things in the right way, the wrong way, or the Janeway. Before we get started with the episode today, why not give us a follow on Twitter at the Jane underscore way and also our Facebook community for our listeners called The Nexus. There you can discuss this episode and episodes of all of our other shows that we have on Hollow Sweet Media, including The Voyages, a Star Trek TOS, Kelvin, TAS podcast that we'll start releasing again very soon, if it hasn't already. Yes, I have no idea what the bloody day is now, or when it comes <laughs> out, or anything, because Suzanne and I have recorded weeks in a row. Yes, we are recording this Friday, March 19th for me, Saturday, March 20th for Liam, and this will actually drop until April 15th-ish. We're that far in front. Yeah. Oh my shocking. God. Well, this is, there is a reason why we've been smashing out our recordings, even though you've only been getting us once a fortnight, and that is because I am moving into state. I've said uh, a few little bits and pieces before, but I'm moving from South Australia to Victoria for a job which means that I have to put all my shit in storage for up to six weeks based on some of the stuff that I have to do. Uh, so it means that I won't be able to do any recordings because I won't have my computer and all of that with me. So what I'm saying is, is there will be a little gap between this episode and the next episode that comes out, probably just because we won't be able to get to record it straight away, but you might only miss one fortnight. Don't delete us or unsubscribe from us unless you're put off by some of our not-safe-for-work, disgusting, borderline criminal things that we say. And if you're waiting till now to delete us because of said things, you really like it. You know you do. You dirty fanfics. Fickers. <laughs> What's a fan? Is it a fanficker? What's the word? Somebody likes fanfic. Uh, freak? I don't know. Hornbags. <laughs> Tom Parises. You dirty Tom Parises. That's right. That's what it is. Yes. Uh, so when we do come back after this episode, uh, we will be looking at season one as a whole. We're going to have to go back and listen to all of our own episodes, which is going to be a chore. <laughs> um, and we're going to collate, unless somebody's done it for us, because if you have, that will be delightfully pleasant for you to provide it to us. But we're going to tally up all the different right ways, wrong ways, Jane ways, dumb ways that we've had, uh, episodes as a whole, as well as decisions throughout to work out what's happened all throughout season one. Might make a nice graph. Maybe oh, not. graphs. Mm. Fun. We're also going to rename episodes so you can remember them a little bit better. Or at least I can. Yeah, because I don't remember half of them either. So thing about graphs, have I ever made like or told you about the graph that me and my best friend did when we were drunk once? Uh, no. No, we made a graph, and sadly a lot of it was highly theoretical, based on pretty much zero <laughs> fact whatsoever. But we made a graph of... Oh, Lord. <laughs> of course, of course it related to penises. It did. Well, it's it me. Did. And we found out that I think you should probably not put this in the podcast because it will actually be not a good thing to have. But so delete well, this it. This is you. <laughs> so yeah, uh, don't unsubscribe from us. We will be back. We're not disappearing. We just have to take a very, very short break while I get myself set back up in Victoria. And for those who are in America, that's Melbourne. And I'm okay. And I'm currently in Adelaide. You probably don't even know where that is, do you? No, the only thing I know is P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney. Do you, do you know where Sydney is on a map? Yes, I do. 
I know where Melbourne, Florida is. It's just south of Cape Canaveral. I've been there. Well, then you've been close to Melbourne. It's where the Ron John surf shop is. The Ron Jeremy surf shop? No, Ron John surf shop. <laughs> Listeners, we were talking about Ron Jeremy in a bit that I've edited out because <laughs> it would make me sound terrible. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. More so shit. than usual. <laughs> yeah, I mean, half the shit that comes out of my mouth is terrible anyway. Also, there were four standard drinks in this glass. And I've drunk it all already, so now I'm a little bit tipsy. Oh, Lord. I need to catch up then. Mm-hmm. I don't normally drink, but it's only just gone midday because we've had a clock change. Anyway, what are we um, looking at today, Suzanne? Uh, we are looking at Learning Curve. Which is a significant milestone. Yes, it is the season one finale. Yes, it was. That wasn't supposed to be the season one finale. No, it's but it was so full of climax and crescendo moments and fun and, and joy. And oh, there was God, a lot of sweat. A lot of sweat. Yeah, it was the sweatiest episode um, so far. But no, it wasn't meant to be the end of season one. They were supposed to have projections, elogium, something else twisted, I believe, as well as the 37s. 37s. Yes, and the 37s was going to be the season finale, which... I mean, if somebody's actually watched the 37s, you can kind of see that it would be a season finale with the way that it ends because of just what the 37s is about. Not that we'll go into that because of spoilers. They could have easily made that a two-parter, though, too. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, they had a good actress. Oh, gosh. Sharon Lawrence, I love you. She's married to Tom Paris in our own storyline. Forgot <laughs> How dare you forget about Chelix? Oh my goodness. No, I did not forget about Chelix. One can never forget Chelix. Rest in peace, Chelix. Learning curve. Yeah, as I've already said, it's the end of season one and it wasn't meant to be the end of season one. I don't know why they held stuff back into season two. I'm sure there's all sorts of reasonings for it that's gone around. I just... But I've never found any reason for no, it. No, neither have I. And I've looked. I'm like, give me a reason why you did this. Nothing. I mean, if they thought it was going to be something like that would have happened earlier on in the season, like it must have been like a pretty snap decision to make that the end of season one because no one in their right mind would end on a learning curve. And I think no. even Kenneth Biller and uh, what's their name, Jerry Taylor. Jerry Taylor. Well, I would have not wanted that either. And Brennan Braga and anyone else that was associated in the upper echelons of the show at the time wouldn't have chosen Learning yeah. Curve to be the end of season one. So there must have been a UPN factor. Ugh. The synopsis on IMDb, which gives it 7.2 stars out of 10. I don't. What? Yeah. Yeah. Crack smoking fools. Yeah. I don't know what they're thinking. Maybe they were drunk like I am. As Neelix's cooking sickens Voyager itself, Tuvok runs the foremost problematic Marquis malcontents through a Starfleet-style boot camp. <laughs> it's Survivor in space. I like that Marquis malcontent. So, I mean, yeah, pretty much sums it up quite well. I, there was a very funny review on IMDb that I thought I liked, and I, and I will read it to you in full because it's quite funny. They, they've personally given it 6 out of 10 stars. And the title of their thing from the 8th of July 2020 is Episodes Like This Are Why I Prefer the Company of Dogs. <laughs> it's really annoying watching adults act and think like children. Is it that difficult for the Marquis to understand that you're on a Federation ship so you have to abide by their rules to some degree? I wanted Chakote, which is in like speech things. <laughs> oh, no, no, I get it now. I wanted to Chakote each of them upside the head. <laughs> <laughs> and why in the world would Janeway want to spend her free time wearing restrictive, boring clothes and hanging out with bratty rich children? Go and fight a dragon or something. Nobody in this episode was tolerable to watch. Two out of two people found this helpful. I also found that helpful, so three. Yes, I think that's quite helpful too. Oh, four. Well done, Sloop and P. Sloop and P. I thought it was Sloop and Poop then. I'm going to get some more gin. I'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Okay. I hate gin, but I'm drinking it because I can't take it with me. So, because it's been opened. 
It's a ready excuse to drink it. And you can't throw it away because that's alcohol abuse. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Don't throw away your alcohol, children. Drink it. That's right. Oh, shit. Okay. So, learning curve. Shall we get stuck in? And by the time we get to the end of the opening credits, I will probably be pissed as a fart. <laughs> <laughs> so, we open in the holodeck in Janeway Air. So, which meant I got oh, excited again because the 18th century me got excited. Oh, I start. Oh, I did something really stupid at work the other day. So I, I said to the people that, oh, do you know what? everything was so? I was so tired after what we did today. I went to bed at 9 p.m. I got home. I got a cup of tea and sat and watched The Crown. And they're like, "Did you really say The Crown instead of The Crown?" And I'm like, did I? And they said, yes, you said the crown. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've been binge watching it, the same show for too long. I want to start talking. And Jordan caught me the other day holding my hands like Queen Elizabeth. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I know. No. But I know I do that because I spent a long time after binging Deep Space Nine walking like Dax, um, which adds the other. Um, <laughs> and after True Blood, I spent a long time talking like someone from the Deep South. So, in America. <gasps> so, I have that habit. So, now I've got to stop watching The oh, Crown. Oh, True Blood. Because, yeah. God, I miss that show. Oh, Eric. Oh, no. Such a beautiful God, I love Eric. He can turn me any day. Well, I mean. Although, Alcide wasn't too bad either. No, I mean, as I no, I'll take yeah. Eric. No. Well, well, I will fight you for Eric. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, <laughs> I, I will go one side of him. And you can go in front of him, and it will work. Okay, that works. Yeah, (laughs) he's a Janeway sandwich. (laughs) Oh, no, that that actually works with like the episode name that was on her first trek recently. (laughs) We got a whole different meaning to the Janeway sandwich. (laughs) It's a different Janeway sandwich. Wow, okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, when we first come up to Janeway, she's in the Janeway Air holiday program and she's practicing saying hello to the kids before she actually meets them, which I thought, why? why Who the hell does that? Um, Nobody. I don't know. I think I kind of might. I don't know. But then again, they're also just kids. So, why would you be like, yo, mm-hmm. kids, it's me, Kathy J. And <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Time to teach up in here. <laughs> Um, so yeah and then the kids walk in and they're sort of just standing there and then Janeway realises that um, the kids are standing there and she says hello and I'm sorry but that child looks like a vampire he looks the boy the boy the boy looks like a vampire he's so like pale and scary and they're like god damn they're gonna stick to protocol my name is you'll you'll refer to me as Lord Burley and Lady Burley and she's like oh yes of course (sighs) he was a little shit I just wanted to Smack him. He was a right little what's it. But I then was like looking on IMDb about like the cast of the show. And then I found Mm -hmm. out that this person is actually Thomas Decker, who played Heroes character Zach, or in the first season of Heroes, was uh, Hayden Hayden Panettiere's favorite best friend character. Really? Yeah. And then I was, then I got into a Google trap and then found out that he was um, in a lot of like semi nude sort of movies, and Whoa. then I sort of got myself down into sidetracked on <laughs> trying to find out these nude <laughs> scenes from this movie. <laughs> but he is a very attractive adult, oh and goodness. when Heroes first came out, I had a little crush on that character. So I'm like, oh, it's the kid character. I was very um. Yeah, I, th- I thought that that was kind of cool that that actor's actually grown up to be in a fair few things. But yeah, so that kid goes, is your Latin a bit rusty? Because apparently he spoke to her in Latin. I thought, what kind of brat mm-hmm. at that age knows Latin? But anyway, I guess 18th or 19th century Thomas Decker does. I liked her response to that, that she she was, you know, almost going to give him a science smackdown. Yeah, I wrote that down. I'm like, oh, she totally <laughs> slaps that kid back down to her. <laughs> and she's like, well... Perhaps it is, but when it comes to the mathematics and the sciences, I'm sure they will find things very, very difficult. Yes. Science Smackdown! (laughs) Science Smackdown, that's great. Um, 
I mean, do you think that's that's a decision? That's a thing that we can mark down? Going into the holodeck is a decision and running that stupid-ass program. You really think so? Yes. You really? Oh, okay. Well, we might as well write something down because I halfway through this episode, I forgot to write down the whole premise of our show. So <laughs> I need to <laughs> bump things up a little bit. Our, our show actually has a premise? What? Yeah, talk about Janeway and dicks, I think. So, oh, then we're covered. So we're going to go wrong way for what? Going into that holodeck? Running program Janeway Lambda 1 or whatever it was. See, I still like Janeway Air, but I'll put it as a wrong way just for <sighs> you. Thank you, because as soon as I saw that we're back there, I was like, boo, boo. The way she slaps that boy back down to earth, she doesn't care how old the person is. She's like, I'm fucking right. I'm Janeway. <laughs> well, she doesn't care because he's just a hologram. Yeah, true. I'm surprised she didn't just delete him. Delete the wife. Can, so what do I do? Do I mark her attitude to that brat down as something? No. Not at all? No, because she's just playing out the She's just playing the game. Program. Okay. All right. Um, and then uh, then she talks to the girl. It's like, what is your favorite thing? And she doesn't like to learn anything. And Jane was like, not even painting or needlework? It's like, where to, where to perpetuate she the stereotype? She did a sample. So then the vampire kid says that his sister hasn't accepted mummy's death. And I'm like, oh, is this the episode that we get to see what's on the fourth floor? Because I want to know. I can't remember. It turns out it's not. We will never know what's on the fourth floor. Do we find out in Persistence of Vision? No. We don't go. I feel like, am I getting like my shows confused? It might be with Johnny Quest, actually. We find out nothing. Well, I'm going to still hold out on the fourth floor. There is a giant orgy happening. We get that. And then all of a sudden there's some kind of issue in the holodeck and the kids get deleted. So the fourth floor leads to the sex dungeon. The fourth? Or the sex cabin. The fourth floor is the sex sex, sex cabin? (laughs) Fourth floor is Sandrine's. Fourth floor is the sex cabin. That makes sense. Imagine if, like, it's just a holodeck program. It's actually just, like, a high-rise building. You go in and get into an elevator. It's like, I'd like to go to the eighth floor. And then you turn out into, like... Captain Proton. And then the 10th floor is Neelix's... Resort. Sex resort, yeah. The resort with his bare feet. Oh, don't even go there. Uh, So then we get a disruption of power on deck six, and then Jamo's like, ooh, something to do today. Uh, We're going to the hallway, and then we see Tuvok walking around, and Tuvok's like, oh, did somebody ask for repairs in this particular area of the ship? And Tuvok finds out that it's Dolby doing some unauthorized repairs and he tells him off. Sorry, but I would be like, oh, this is a broken gel pack. I'll just fix it. Now, see, I don't think Tuvok got all that snappy about it. And Dolby just flew off the handle. Really? But why Saw would you- Saw something broken. I was going to fix it. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but that's exactly how I'd react to Mr. Mr. Vulcan, who's like, yo, you shouldn't fix things. Wait for someone to tell you to fix things like, oh, so I'm not allowed any form of autonomy. Like, surely but you find something, even, can you fix it? He did not get Tuvok snappy. He was just laying out the facts. Yeah, but Tuvok laying out facts is snappy. Because you know how Tuvok can get snappy. And he didn't even get, no, he didn't even come close to Tuvok yet. I still haven't w- worked out the Tuvok bop that Kennedy was talking about. Oh, I keep forgetting to look. Admittedly, me too. Uh, so, yeah, Dolby got a bit snappy, and apparently Tuvok didn't, but I disagree. And then we find out that we got another episode of Marquis versus Starfleet. When really, this is the only episode we've had with Marquis versus Starfleet, because State of Flux didn't really have too much, and neither did Prime Factors, no, really. It was sort of like a throwaway comment in those episodes. So this is sort of like a continuation of that. Mm-hmm. It's good to see a continuation of it because it's a bit of storyline that we don't hear that often, I guess. And they still should have laid into it even more in this episode than they did. So then uh, we go to the credits and come back to a captain's log. We find out that the loss of a gel pack is a massive thing in the Delta Quadrant and they've only got 47 of them left. 47. I know. I thought, ugh, stupid number. Then we have to have a big meeting about the gel packs and things that are going wrong. And they think, oh, maybe we'll go and change over to some isolinear circuitry. And then Tuvok brings up. You know that can't be that easy. Just to convert things into isolinear chips. No, surely like, um, not. No, you have this whole system of 
bioneural circuitry and gel packs throughout the ship just to go and be like, I'm going to put in an ice linear chip here. Do, do, do. It's going to work fine. Well, I mean, just shove it in, you know, put it in. Shove it really, really hard. Really, really deep. <laughs> and it'll work just fine. Get rid of the gel out of it. No, I think you need the gel. It'll go in easier. <laughs> <laughs> Suzanne! <laughs> Are you turning that fucking bioneural gel into <laughs> lubricant? Jesus, we've we've really gone off the rails already. Okay. Um, I'm so, sorry, who's been drinking? It's you. I know. So Tuvok is worried about Dolby, and he's like saying that Dolby's been a naughty boy doing all these sorts of things and... Mm-hmm. Apparently, Ch- a lot of people are ratting him out. I know, rude. And then, according to Chakotay, maybe they're just not used to protocols. It's like, well, they're on a fucking starship and they've been there for weeks, possibly months. They should surely know what the protocols are by now. Well, that, and I'm sure Chakotay had some sort of protocols on his ship. They, he wasn't just letting people run roughshod all over him. Well, maybe he was because. Seska and Tuvok. I guess there's been a little bit of issues. So, yeah, and then Janeway's like, well, it's not fair to expect them to have Starfleet behaviours. So then Janeway decides that she wants to go and create a school for the trans-crescent oh, children Lord. of the ship. It's like, I know what I'll do them great. A school. Like field Let's training. signal out some people mm-hmm. It's like that are already a problem. Mm-hmm. It's like... Make make sure they know that they're a problem and then give, like, the strictest person on the ship to go and deal with them. And I'm sorry, there had to be some Starfleet people that are also a problem that could have easily been a part of this field training. Neelix. Yes, Neelix. Non-Starfleet people. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking people that are part of the Starfleet crew that were on the ship to begin with. Well, I mean, Balana should have gone through that school. Well, yeah, but that's still signaling out another Maquis. I'm sure there are some lower deckers that are could have, could have been part of this training. Well, don't we find that out in Good Shepherd in a few a few series yes. seasons time? And we could have seen we could have seen a couple of those people. I I think I can't decide whether this is just the complete fucking wrong thing to do. Oh, to it is so people. wrong. It's so wrong. And she looks like so I think this is going to be a signal- great idea. No, you're signaling out Maquis. Mm. This is not a good thing. Yeah. Way to way to try and like break the crew up in a way. Is in like yeah. segregate the good people from the bad people and highlight the bad people. Bad enough you're making them wear their rank pins. Yeah, I still don't understand that to this day why they've got different pins. It's like the scarlet letter on their neck. So down in the cargo bay, this is where we find out who's actually gonna be on the Starfleet training. Tuvok says that, well, Captain Janeway thinks you need additional training, which is basically also known as Janeway thinks you're shit and that you need mm-hmm. to do better. So then we have two humans, a Bolian and a pretty Bajoran boy. And I'm sorry. I st- My man, Chell. You like, yeah, you like Chell. I like the Bajoran I love boy. Chell. I love the Bajoran boy. Well, I don't love Chell like that. I just. Don't you want a nice Chell. blue bit of meat in your bed? No, thank you. No. No, oh, okay. no, because the actor that plays Chell also gives the voice of Mr. McFeely on Daniel Tiger's Neighborhood, and that would just be a little too weird for me. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, did you ever watch Kim's Convenience? I have no idea what that is. Uh, he, he's Frank on that. Derek McGrath, that's his name. I don't know. I've also thought of another thing that Vampire Kid was in. He was John Connor in the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Really? Yep, it's been- The TV show that didn't last too long, that TV show. Yeah, it was only about a year or something. So we find out in the cargo bay that Tuvok is an absolute hard-ass and that the Bajoran is a sulky guy, but Dolby seems to want to protect him lots and uh, says it's insulting the way that they're being singled out, which, you know what, it is, and they just walk out. Well, that's after Chell runs a few laps. I say, uh, why would you assign Tuvok to do it? Because he was an academy instructor. Oh, I suppose there is logic in that, but seriously, he's mm-hmm. he's the nasty, and you're not going to win anyone over with the way he was acting. And I mean, that's the whole point of the episode, I suppose. Well, that, and they they know him as being a spy. Well, yeah, that was on their ship. So, like, not only that's okay. oh, no, 
this is not a good idea. It's like not only have they got absolute no respect for him because at the moment he's Starfleet and they don't want to do that, but yeah, you're right. He was a spy, so he was on that tiny ship to fuck him over, basically. So, of course, where's any respect in that? There's no respect for him. Nope, not at all. Uh, So then we go to the mess hall after they've walked out and they're all talking about how nothing will happen from them walking out because they need them on the ship because there's not that many people. And then Chakotay- While they're drinking their tiny coffees. Yes. (laughs) Tiny (laughs) coffees. Maybe they're like leftovers from the Janeway Air Holiday Program. And why didn't they let Chell sit with them? Aspect ratio? (laughs) He was at a whole nother table. I'm like, that's just mean. Poor Chell. Yeah. But they needed to have a close-up for the Bajoran boy. <sighs> whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, so Chakotay walks in, totally rikers up that chair, uh, sits on it <laughs> like a donkey. After he kicks Chell out of the chair. Yeah, it's like, excuse me, mate, fuck off. Uh, so then he says that you want to do things the Starfleet way or the Marquee way. And then I sort of sat there and I'm like, well, what about the Jane way? It's like, <laughs> he's doing that later. <laughs> <laughs> he does, yes. <laughs> the Janeway is something only me and the captain know about. And then uh, Chakotay punches Dolby. <laughs> the way he punched him was super awkward. Like, super awkward. And then he was out of breath afterwards. I'm like, damn. <laughs> is Chakotay asthmatic too? Is that something we have in common? Yay! Akuchi Moya. My asthma is affecting me today. <laughs> I need air from my snake, my spirit snake. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. My brain's not working, Suzanne. It's his tribal inhaler that he needs. <laughs> from his medicine bag. It's <laughs> like, so, which female's office did I leave that in this time? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Uh, so we go down to Cargo Bay again because um, the Marquis have been forced to go back to it and Tuvok gives assignments to them and then he starts inspecting their uniform. And he says that the hairpiece on, is it Crewman Heron? I can't remember her name. Henley. Henley. Crewman Henley, her hairpiece was wrong, which, yes, it was. You're not supposed to wear those kind of things. Oh, that was such a 90s headband, too. I know. <laughs> I was like, I think I had that headband. I mean, you probably did because it was in the Voyager. <sighs> no, I think I had it before that. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he goes to the Bolian, and the Bolian bling is apparently wrong. Oh, yeah. Poor Chell. I mean, you couldn't see it. It was under his, his jacket. And then we go to the pretty Bajoran. And then he's like, yes, I know, I'll take my earring off. And Tuvok's like, yes, take that earring off. Which pisses me off because that earring is mm-hmm. part of the faith of the Bajorans. Yeah, that gets a pass just like Worf's Baldric. In TNG and DS9. So I feel like yeah, the message yeah. did not get across to Voyager, but he should have left that earring on because that is part of their faith. And I was a bit annoyed when yeah. I saw that. Yeah, I didn't quite understand that either. I was like, no, he can wear that. You're wrong, Tuvok. You're I wrong. Mean, I really do quite like the Bajoran earpieces. Eh. I mean, I would wear one. It looks heavy. <laughs> Walking it, around that lopsided. It looks very heavy. It just looks like it jangles nicely, you know? Uh, so down in engineering, Belana and Dolby are talking, and then Belana's basically saying that he might be scared of falling or failing whatever Tuvok has for mm-hmm. him because of how much Dolby was whinging about it but Dolby tends to disagree and then we start getting some failing gel packs again and she goes and sends him to fix it so we're like oh go fix those gel packs that's the b plot for this episode clearly is those gel packs which i totally forgot the b plot was you forgot this was the cheese episode i totally forgot this was the cheese episode i was like it's 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 one redeeming factor the cheese redeeming in air quotes i should say so, Alana <laughs> takes the gel pack to sick bay, and the doctor's all like, ooh, this is exciting, let's examine it. <laughs> and then the doctor's like, it's sick. And then he has like, the professional etiquette is to say that we are not going to be telling, it's like doctor-patient confidentiality, we will not be telling you what its sickness is. And Bonana's just like, I'm having none of that shit, mate, just tell me what's wrong. Well, he should, because he was saying he shouldn't discuss it in front of his patient, what he should say is I'm not allowed to discuss my patient's sickness with you. Mm-hmm. 
because that's against, you know, doctor-patient confidentiality, the HIPAA thing. Mm -hmm. But no, he got it wrong. But still, it was hilarious. I loved it. I did like it. I did like when the doctor was like, it's okay, you'll be feeling better soon, or something like that. <laughs> I hate talking to the fucking jail pack. It was awesome. Um, my problem is, is I can't think of anything now when it talks about infections and infectious diseases, etc. I just can't get past COVID now, and it really annoys me. Like I feel like it's ruined any kind of storyline with any form of infectional virus. Yeah. So then we go to class, and uh, we find out that they're needing to go all the way to deck 13 by the Jeffries tubes. <laughs> Can I say something about the workout jumpsuits? Uh, yes, you can. Oh, my God, they're hideous. I wrote that they're onesies. They're so awful. They're I know, so- you can see everything. The, <laughs> the, the only thing I liked were their Air Jordans because those were clearly Air Jordans that they doctored up. Yes, they were Air Jordan 10s. I was I like, ah, they spent some dough for those then. Yeah. Well, it's about the only money they had to spend on this episode, wasn't it? They should have spent it on the outfits because, oh. Mm, they they, they could have had kids and, and like a better jumpsuit. They could have just had the Bajoran boy be naked. I'd have been perfectly fine with that. Oh, but then he's going to get all sweaty. and Well, it'd be sweaty after Ew. I've done with him as well. But. <sighs> okay. I'm just, I'm just leaving you hanging on that thought. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> My brain flashed to... This words that I made up for a song. Well, I only changed a few words to a song. Yeah, the song to the window, to the walls, and instead of till the sweat drops down and falls. Yeah, I can see where you're going with this one. Till till the sweat drops down my balls. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so I can only ever sing it that way because. Yeah. I know. Well, I can't think of the Enterprise theme tune after you ruined it for me and Brandy the other day. Uh, so yeah they have to go all the way to deck 13 but via deck 2 in the mess hall which is kind of annoying and have to do it in their hideous onesies and then i don't know what the director which i think was david livingstone i think was thinking here but they basically did a montage of them running around the ship and it's just like it was very rocky it was i expected eye of the tiger to be playing (laughs) dun 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 (laughs) Especially when Shell picks up the water from the table and is drinking it. (laughs) (laughs) It's the eye of the Vulcan. It's the thrill of the run. I don't know. We're idiots. Um, So then we get a nice picture of the sweaty Bajoran boy as they all start to run oddly around the ship. Mm Mm-hmm. And we find out that Tuvok was an ass and turned the gravity up. Which makes it not so much Starfleet training as it is Starfleet hazing at that point. Don't bring up hazing. I'm already, like, frothing over the Bajoran boy. I don't need to think of this. No, because that's totally what Tuvok was doing. He was hazing them. That's not training. I participate. <laughs> <laughs> Although I think I should point out that hazing is probably not a really good thing because some really bad no. shit happens there. So. Exactly. Well, that's not really a thing that happens. Tuvok should know better. In Australia, I think that might be a more of an American thing. Oh, yeah, because we're stupid. Oh, yeah. We I mean, so I didn't stupid. want to say anything, but yeah, you're dumb. <laughs> uh, so then, yeah, Tuvok's turned up the gravity plating, which I think was kind of rude on them, really, mm-hmm. when you think about it. That was. And so down in the transporter room, then we find Balana and Kim trying to work out whatever was going on with the B-plot. And we see Chell cleaning the transporter room with a micro-resonator, which is kind of sad in a way. But why would you... That's that's the equivalent of a toothbrush. It's almost like detention. Like, is that... It's back to the hazing. I think Tuvok's a really bad teacher. He is. And I love Tuvok, but come on, man. So then I think we go to the next scene, which is... Quite possibly my favourite scene of the episode when they're in the holodeck war game kind of thing on the bridge of Voyager. I came up with a name for that. Oh, what is that? It's it's the Tuvok Maru. The tu- Instead of the Kobayashi Maru, the it's the Tuvok Maru. On the Tuvok Maru is then my favourite scene of this episode. You <laughs> 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 find there's a Ferengi distress call. No, no, Romulans turn up and they're going to start shooting at them and they get hit. So they attack back and they just basically, you can see where it's going. They're like, 
marquee it mm-hmm. up. And then Tuvok's like, Go out guns blazing. And Tuvok's like, you're all dead. <laughs> Just like this. You're all dead. You couldn't have done that any worse, you pieces of shit. Why didn't you retreat? Tuvok says that heroism is basically foolish. Which I suppose you can sort of say that, because, I mean, let's face it, you're going to be, like, trying to blow the brains out of the Romulans, but if you're outnumbered, there's no point in Mm -hmm. going down with a fight unless there's absolutely no option to retreat. Live to fight another day. Yeah, and I'm surely they would know that as Marquis. You would think, but they really aren't the best, brightest No, they're not. They're not. Um, So then Dolby's like, oh... I guess we're just not Starfleet material, and they sort of all walk out there all despondent and sad. They did ask me dismissed, though, so they did learn that. Oh, they said learn one thing then. So in the mess hall, we see Tuvok sitting there by himself, and a wild morale officer appears. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I felt so bad for Tuvok at this moment. I was like, I feel you, man. Neelix is going to mess with your shit. Yep. We find out that Neelix is actually quite perceptive. He's sitting on the wrong side of the table. He's not got his pad. Therefore, mm-hmm. something must be wrong. So do you know what? That no was tea. good. No tea. Oh, my God. You need a f- cup of tea. I had four cups of tea in three hours the other day. It was delightful. That's a lot of tea. It is a lot of tea. Uh, Tuvok starts talking about his methods, and he finds that his methods are sound because he's taught thousands of people this way, and he's always been successful, but he just doesn't quite understand why he's failing this time. Because those people came to Starfleet wanting to be taught. Exactly. So whereas these people didn't want to be in Starfleet or were in Starfleet and fucked off because they just uh-huh. couldn't handle it. Uh, so Neelix then gives that really good analogy, which our previous co-host on a different show, Zach, likes as well, that basically Tuvok is rigid and inflexible like that particular alien flower. In some ways, I think Tuvok is inflexible, but in other ways, he is flexible. I can't hate on Tuvok. I just can't hate on Tuvok. Oh, no, he's a Vulcan. So Vulcans are always quite rigid and inflexible with their rules, aren't they, really? It's not to, like, Mm -hmm. stereotype a whole entire species. Well, yeah, they do. They are capable of learning different ways. Hmm. But that's that's what he's got to understand. He's got to understand that people have to be treated differently. No one person is the same in terms of being taught. I think any teacher Mm -hmm. should know that. Oh, yeah. Um, and then we see that Neelix is, like, carrying around and scooping some weird shit off of a plate. But apparently it's cheese. Grilled cheese! Ugh. It looks like somebody made, like, an avocado sort of cheese, creamy cheese mix in, like, an upside-down pudding kind of style. It's a really thick Greek yogurt. Ugh. I love Greek no, yogurt. No, oh, it's awful. Greek yogurt's terrible. Oh, it's so good. No, it just tastes like bitter sort of cum. I don't know. Ew. It's just- no, 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 no. I can't handle that. I can handle Greek yogurt and I can handle things like skier. Oh. No, it's just disgusting. Oh, yeah. No, dislike. I'd rather swallow than take a whole bunch of Greek Blah. yogurt. Blah. Hey, I'm pretty good at it, so. Um, <laughs> um, in the mess hall, again, the team investigate the cheese. The cheese apparently is... Oh, hang on a minute. Sorry, I have to go back. So, in the mess hall, Janeway has sent a team to investigate the cheese. <laughs> Why you need an entire team <laughs> to investigate a thing of cheese? It's the cheese task force. <laughs> They get special badges and everything. <laughs> so, yeah, this whole team is down in uh, sick bay. Janeway sending them. Do we even make a decision on that? There's probably no decision to be put on that, really. I mean, that's a no-brainer no. to do it, isn't it? Yeah. We could we could argue it's the right way. I'll give I'll give half a point. Uh, da, 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 da. Where were we? Oh, my God, my brain is a, is drunk. We're in the mess hall. Oh, yeah. So Bil- Investigating cheese. So, Bilana starts talking about the fact that the cheese is full of volatile bacterial spores, apparently. Which is just gross. and uh, That's how you make cheese. Whoever wrote this episode, and it turns out it was the upper echelons of the crew of Voyager, thought that it would be funny and that they were funny about adding cheese into the episode. They just wanted to say cheese a bunch of times? I don't know if you ask me, but I feel like I would be embarrassed acting that. I only would have been embarrassed if I had to say a line like, who cut the cheese? And say it with a straight face. What about get the cheese to sick bay? 
I love that line. It, it, it's <laughs> if you think about it, it is kind of funny, but it's also just lame at the same time. Well, you couldn't bring the doctor to the cheese, so you had to get the cheese to sick bay. Can you just imagine them like rushing it on like a gurney down to sick bay? <laughs> With, like, the music from ER playing in the background. (laughs) The cheese task force hands it over to (laughs) cheese anatomy. (laughs) So, yeah, we get, Belana says that line, get the cheese to sickbay. And then we, then we cut to the sex cabin. We get Janeway Air and the sex cabin in this episode. Oh, I would rather have the sex cabin than Janeway Air. You're wrong. So, uh, Tuvok and Dolby are playing pool. And Tuvok is trying to make mm-hmm. some small talk, and Tuvok is like as awkward as fuck standing there. It's like, so, do you have a family? And it's like, but still, Tuvok is reaching out. He's trying to make a connection, and Dolby is a total dick. Yeah, and he's also not a great actor, I don't think. Like, you can tell he <laughs> was acting, like the guy. He was trying to play it too dickish. Well, he did a good job of being dickish, and it came off way too dickish. Yeah. So then we hear about all about Kenneth Dolby's life and I sort of getting annoyed. And then we hear about his lover being raped by a Cardassians and her skull being smashed in. Also nonchalantly, and I'm like, this is not the kind of scene that we need to hear about violent rape. Like, yeah. make it more serious. It kind of, kind of looks like that they're, I wouldn't say trivializing it, but just sort of like... It was just very offhand. Yeah, offhand. Yeah, this what happened, blah. Like, uh, no. It's like... It just this didn't sit well with me. They should have made it more of a quieter scene instead of a, hey, let's play pool while talking about rape. Pretty much how it was handled most of the time. What do you mean? Uh, yeah, this happened, whatever. In TV, movies, during that time period, no. It's just like, oh, yeah, this happened, whatever. It's not good. It's not. No, it's not. <sighs> it's not good at all. Stupid, stupid 1990s. Yeah, but the way, the way Dalby was talking to Tuvok was just, unacceptable i did not like that had i been there i would have punched him and i punch a lot harder than chakotay apparently you probably do it with a bit more style too and not get as uh, out of breath <laughs> maybe with a second punch i would be that out of breath but we hear about the bajoran boy a little bit here about the bajoran boys thing and i'm like oh it's okay bajoran boy i'll protect you and then i got sidetracked and- liam will hug it better yes i will from behind <laughs> Uh, so, I really shouldn't say that. I literally, we're just talking about rape, which is not a good thing. Consensual hugs. Consensual hugs only. Yes. The um, actor for that is actually really attractive, even in his like late 30s, early 40s. He was just too brooding for me. Yeah, but I like that. I oh, like okay. a sulky boy. I don't know. You know my type, Chicote. Yeah, I, know, I was talking about to one of our listeners about how much I like piercings. I'm like, you should get those piercings back. You should get those piercings back. You know who I'm talking to. Oh, damn. Now I want to know. Anyway. <laughs> 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 so, um, yeah, the whole scene. Where are we going? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that was the end of that scene. Moving along to Sick yes. Bay. Doctor is basically in awe of the cheese because he's like, it's basically taking over everything. And then Kess is like, well, we can't find anything, but maybe viruses live in bacteria. So Yes, Kess- and the doctor's like, yes, yes, they do. Yes. I should have known that instead of filling my brain up with crap. Well done, Kess. You learned well. It was filled up with cheese. Maybe he tried- do you reckon he tried eating the cheese? Well, maybe the cheese was affect- affecting his program. Oh, oh, it could have done, actually. You never know. Mm-hmm. You never know. Um, so Kess saves the day with the virus idea. Yeah, good old Kess. See, that's why Kess is the best. This, then we get to the point of the episode where I started getting really confused about like where things are written down because it keeps jumping from different parts of the ship, so I'm sorry if it goes a bit wonky. But we're going to the cargo bay, <laughs> and uh, in mm-hmm. the cargo bay, the Marquis and Tubot get stuck in the thing, um, stuck there because, I don't know, something happened and they need to try and purge the cheese. Um, on the bridge, things start to get fucked. Nothing's working. Harry Kim's in the dark. Janeway's in the dark. Everything is just down and out. Mm-hmm. And Janeway's like, Balana, Balana, what can we do? So life support is failing. So is gravity. And the doctor says that the heating of the samples seem to work. 
So that's the best mm-hmm. way to fix it. We need to warm up the ship. Give it a fever. Give it a fever, exactly. So Janeway and Bellana then start talking science over the intercom. They get very excited. Too. They did. Science bonus. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, science boner of that. And then Janeway decides that in a risky move, they're going to divert all power, including life support, to the warp engines mm-hmm. and then try to start the ship at warp whilst the ship is actually standing still. It's sort of like accelerating and braking at the same time. Braking at the same time, yeah. I do have to say that that nacelle pivot that they showed, damn, that was sexy. Oh, what a a nacelle, Suzanne. (laughs) What a nacelle. It was almost like, oh, sexy ship. (laughs) It's it's, it's like... (laughs) (laughs) My brain's... I'm too tipsy for this. <laughs> I just imagine somebody putting their legs up ready. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that is not where I was going no. with these sexy nacelle things. Oh, fuck. Janeway decision? What kind of Janeway decision to do that kind of shit? Oh, to rev the engine while stomping on the brakes and making everybody on board sweat almost to death. Mm-hmm. That's a Jane way. <laughs> because she's putting everybody at risk. Yeah. Yeah. She couldn't she couldn't think of another way of doing it. She's like, what's the sciencey way and what is the first sciencey way that I can think of? What's the most dangerous sciencey way? It's like, why not just well, I'll go into that in a minute, actually. So down in the cargo bay, they're all starting to get scared. You can tell by Chell panicking a little bit, and the sexy Bajoran boy was like Moving his hands around, you know, that way that people get nervous and they touch their hands quite a bit. Just rubbing their hands together. Ringing, he was wringing his hands. Yes. And then Tuvok's basically saying that it's easy to imagine the worst possibility when you don't know what's being done to fix the scenario. So try and calm down. <laughs> he tells sexy Bajoran boy to do something with a something I don't know because I got distracted by the Bajoran's butt as he was going up the ladder. Climb up those stairs and do something. Yes. His butt, Suzanne. I'm sorry, I want to talk about Tuvok's arms. I want to talk about the Bajoran's butt. Because damn, Tim Russ, your arms were damn in this episode. Damn. That's all I have to say is damn. When he picked him up and those muscles, I was like, Tuvok, where have you been hiding those? But the Bajoran boy's butt, Suzanne. I was looking at Tuvok's arms. I'm sorry. Okay. That's all well, I Well, at saw. least we were both looking at like pervy <laughs> things instead of watching the episode. <laughs> I don't remember what he told Garen to do because I'm like, but, but, tie butt in a onesie. <laughs> We're terrible, oh, aren't we? <laughs> um, so on the bridge, things are starting to work. Harry says that it's 340 degrees Kelvin. So 340 degrees Kelvin is, mm-hmm. what's that, 340, 40, 67 degrees Celsius. Okay. In that ship, it's 67 degrees Celsius. And then the temperature goes up. I, I live in the Fahrenheit world, so this still means um, nothing to me. Um, is, uh, what is that? About 140, 100, about 150 degrees Fahrenheit. Okay. So, like Bikram yoga, really hot room yoga. <laughs> they were not doing Bikram <laughs> yoga on the fucking bridge, Susan. <laughs> If it's that hot, why haven't they taken off a few layers? Yeah, the Bajoran could have taken off some. I mean, no, I should get off of the Bajoran hot. I'm saying because they're wearing their jackets, their turtlenecks, and their tank tops. Mm -hmm. Still. Mm -hmm. Come on. Well, then it goes to 87 degrees Celsius because it goes to 360 degrees Kelvin. And I go, what's that? 100 and. and They'd be dead. 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 200 degrees It'd Fahrenheit? They would be. Their blood would be starting, well, not their blood, the water would be starting to boil. Which is why Sweaty Kess looked really super sweaty. Sweaty Kess looked like she just got out of a swimming pool. <laughs> and I love that the doctor, perfectly dry. Yeah, well, that's, that's <laughs> funny because he's a hologram, obviously. <laughs> but the look that Kess gives him is like, I want you dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so hot. <laughs> Can you see my sweat? <laughs> and considering when they like rec- with it being that hot, the sweat should have like evaporated immediately. Unless it was humid, because 
if it's humid, you don't like. Oh, I know. I I live in the south. Yeah. Of the U.S., which is just humid all the time. I live in a place where, when it's forty degrees Celsius, the humidity is about eight percent. So, I I don't know and feel humidity that much. Yeah, when humidity is at one hundred percent humidity. Almost all the time. Yeah, but that means it's raining. That means the dew point and the it temperature feels, is the same. It feels like it's raining because you walk outside and you're just bleh, bleh. See, whenever it gets like 25% humidity in Adelaide, everyone's like, it's so humid. Even today, it's a little bit. It's like 20%. Which is why my hair is like frizz. Uh, so Janeway tells Balana to do uh, to get everything done, and Balana says, just prepare for some carnage. Everything's going to explode. <laughs> And down in the cargo bay, shit does happen and explode. And poison mm-hmm. gas starts leaking in and they start arguing about whether um, they should get Sexy Bajoran Boy or not. And Tupac's like, no, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. And they try and get out. Mm-hmm. And he basically goes, I will break your arm if you don't follow my order. Like, if that's not Marquee, I don't know what is. Get out. And I'm going to close this behind you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then Tupac shuts them in, as you say. And goes to get sexy Bajoran boy. With his arms. His strong Tuvakian arms. And that beautiful Bajoran butt. (laughs) (laughs) Elsewhere on the ship, everyone is now super sweaty. Like Kess is, you know, jumped in the swimming pool. Tom and Harry are super sweaty. And it's like, oh my God, what is going on here? And the doctor said that it worked. Everything's fine. The cheese is, you know, dead. Dead cheese, if that's a thing. Dead virus. Dead virus, that's what I wanted to say. Uh, in the cargo bay, meanwhile, Tuvok rescues the Bajoran boy, but then falls and passes out. Everyone is fucked on the bridge, but they try and restore the systems. And then mm-hmm. uh, we find that Chell, Henley, and Dolby are trying to rescue both Tuvok and Garen by trying to open the door of the cargo bay. And then they joke about bending rules. It's like, well, if, if you can learn to bend the rules... Then we can learn to follow. How corny is that? That was so bad. Such an awful line to like end on. Not only in the episode, end the the season. season. That is the end of the season, Suzanne. Yeah, what about that is going to make people want to tune in in three months, four months, whenever. The Bajoran Buttwood. Two Vox Arms. I feel like I had a crush on that. Chakotay's face. How old were you? Wait, how old are you, Suzanne? You're <laughs> you're 38. Oh, no. Okay, that means when Voyager came out, you'd have been, what, 20? And it was just after my birthday. I was 19. And you didn't find Bajoran Boy, like, frothable then? Mm-mm. Re- nope. Really? Chakotay. Mm. Chakotay. I was going to say, do you like older men? But Timothy's younger than you. At, at that point, I did like older men. Oh, okay, that's all. Oh, that's right. And now I've I've reversed, and I'm. So now, do you I'm find the yes. Joram boy hotter than Chicote? No, because now at this point, Chicote is younger than me. Oh. <laughs> so, so it's still Chicote. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're all older. Well, no, I'm about the same age as um, Robert Duncan McNeil was when he was shooting this, roughly. Um, and Bajoran Boy would have been, I think, 20. I can still bone a 20-year-old. It's fine. That's kind of young. I'm only 31. I know, but think of a 20-year-old. Ugh. Well, A, it's legal. B, get a bone. Well, I know it's legal, but, God, their brains are just... Yeah, but you can get a boner. It's fine. not there. It's fine, Suzanne. <laughs> It's fine. Stop taking away my Bajoran. <laughs> I would never take away your Bajoran. Thank you. He's about the only person in this show I find, like, attractive. Suzanne, we finished the end of the episode. We finished the season. We finished the fucking season. Whoop, whoop. That is insane. I can't believe this is episode 19. I know. And thank you, everyone, for yes. listening to us. I mean... All three. Continuing yes. to listen to <laughs> Well, looking at our episode numbers, we really don't understand how people listen to this show because it's like, whoa, we've got heaps of listeners and then it like disappears for another and it goes back up again. So I really don't understand. 
Well, that was really just one episode where it was it goes down. Yeah, maybe no one likes ex post facto. Nobody likes ex post facto. No, are you ready to hear the results of this episode? There really wasn't many. I am. Really wasn't many uh, Janeway moments in this episode. Were there like two? Well, no. We've got half a point for the right way. Okay. I don't know where the other half went because I haven't written down another half, but <laughs> it's almost inconsequential. There is one point for the Jane way, mm-hmm. and there are two points for the wrong way. Ah, oh, we end the season on a wrong way. We end the season on a wrong way. And we've had Jane ways and wrong ways and right ways throughout this season. I know that. Which is fitting because they should not have ended the season this way. So this is also, this is also a wrong, wrong way. way. Everything about this episode is wrong. Jane way. The production crew, me being semi-tipsy and frothing over a Bajoran boy, uh, you know, all the things are wrong. So, yes. The only thing right with this episode, well, two things were cheese and shell. you see, I don't think the cheese was an all right thing because the cheese was an attempt to be funny. And if it was, if it wasn't so as ridiculous as cheese, then yeah, maybe, but cheese. But it is one of the most memorable lines. It's up there with there's coffee in that nebula. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that, that one. But Get this cheese to sick bay. It's still alive. People know that line. Okay, I will give you that one. I don't like it, but I'll give you it. Why, thank you. <laughs> I think that pretty much sums up our final thoughts, don't you? It does. We have got to the end of season one, and it means that we can now have a little break for a little bit. So, listeners, before we sign off, as I say, I'll just repeat that we will not be having an episode out next fortnight because I'm moving states. I won't have any of my stuff to record and we'll be back as soon as we can. So do not unsubscribe. Do not delete us. Love us and send us a review because I haven't had a review for so long and I really want to read one. Just bear in mind that if they're on Spotify, Amazon or Google, I won't probably be able to see them i can really only see the iphone ones from across the world so if you listen on apple products please review us and love us please and we we seek please love we seek constant validation because we don't know whether people don't like us because of some of the weird shit that comes out of our mouth your mouth (laughs) 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 thanks nothing weird comes out of my mouth thank you very much Except everything. Oh, Lord. All right, let's finish it up. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to us. We really appreciate all of you who listen and uh, listen to the Janeway. I did not read that properly, but I'm not going to change it. We'd love you if you would subscribe and gave us a review, leave us all the stars, etc., etc., etc. I have had too much gin. Suzanne, where can we find you online? Well, you can find me doing another podcast called Boldly Go, a Strange New Worlds podcast with my friend Brandy Jackala. You can find me on Twitter at either KJaneway8 or at StainedSass. And Liam, where can we find you You need to online? You need to promote your StainedSass Voyager creation because it was so good. Oh, yes. I did make a Voyager encountering the Borg out of stained glass. It is amazing. You should look it up. Where can they actually find it, Suzanne, as a store? Uh, I have an Etsy store. It's Stained Sass Creations. S-T-A-I-N-E-D-S-A-S-S-C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N-S. That was longer than I thought it would be. Wow. And you did that while tipsy. Mm-hmm. I am proud. Um, you can find me on Twitter at LS74656. Send me nice messages about how much you love me because at this stage I'll reply to anything. And how much you'll miss us. <laughs> we will be back, though. This has turned into a right old mess because I've been drinking. <laughs> Just remember to follow us on Twitter at the Jane underscore way and in our Facebook listeners group, The Nexus. Until next time, remember to keep doing things not the right way, not the wrong way, but the Jane way.
Media. Computer. List other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Her First Trek, a Star Trek Preview Podcast. I don't know what Picard is doing between the Stargazer and the Enterprise D. So how do you go from abandoning a ship to getting given the flagship? But <laughs> ten years the passes. Other one. <laughs> yeah, he lost the other one. So but here's a really special one. And here's the best part. We're going to put families and children on it. Yeah, because <laughs> we know that you're so good at taking care of starships. Yeah. I don't know how he got the ship and what was he doing in the time in between. I don't think he had another command before the Enterprise I don't D. Know. I, I don't know. I'm sure someone will let me know. We have quite a few TNG fans who listen to the show, actually, so maybe they'll tell me. But no spoilers, guys. No spoilers. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Voyagers, a Star Trek original, animated, and Kelvin Films podcast. Full honesty, I did find that the scene was seemingly long when they were driving with him and, and Scotty to get to the Enterprise when they were in their little capsule. I felt that that was a very long scene, driving around the whole Enterprise. But find yourself someone in life that looks at you the way Kirk looked at the Enterprise. I mean, that was a beautiful moment. And I absolutely adored when Spock came back onto the Enterprise. Just how everybody on the bridge, like Yuhura and Chekhov and everybody, they just kind of rallied around him. And it was a really warming moment just to see that original core group of people just celebrate him and happy to see him. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.